Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 basketball podcast. I'm Carlos. Joining me, fellow basketball boy Greg at Bananamorphs. What's up? And Minecraft girl Avery at Brave Grapes. Oh yeah, I'm a gamer now. (laughs) (laughs) We've been going insane. For some reason, I don't even remember how this started, but our Pac-12 group chat, group of fucking leftist Twitter trolls, were like, why don't we just get on Minecraft? Uh, I said, how do we get on Minecraft? Would you guys join a server if I started a Minecraft server? And now it's like a whole thing. It's become our entire personalities for like two weeks. (laughs) Grapes never, ever uh, played uh, Minecraft before you like started last week and then now you're breeding horses that can teleport. Have you figured that out yet? <laughs> no, I I don't even know if it's real. I just saw it online somewhere and now that's my goal. I wonder if there's a, if it's I wonder if that's a mod, uh, like a modification. You know, Greg, do you, have you heard like about mod. this? I would I had never heard of this, so I think it's probably a mod, but <laughs> okay. I don't know. Okay uh anyway yeah they have uh, spent many many times the greg left a bunch of fucking dynamite at the foot of my doors because he uh was mad that my minecraft house looked like it was shitty i guess a bunch mm-hmm. of landlords yeah, over it here. was bringing it was bringing down the value of the neighborhood so uh <laughs> something had to be done disgusting anyway uh, please drop a five-star review we have not gotten a written five-star review in about a week now so hey leave a review we're still getting review bombed for being correct yet again but such is life uh help us out uh also on our patreon got plenty of content there reed and i actually talked about our coaching grades piece and argued about it uh over discord that episode's gonna drop on patreon i think wednesday or thursday of this week so Go check that out. After the Rose Bowl, we're going to stop. We're going to have one more episode recapping all of the bowl games and the Rose Bowl. After that, we're going to stop main episodes. Matt and Reed are putting together, organizing some weekly football episodes. After that, uh, they're going to put that on our Patreon. You can find all of that on NoTruckStops.com. So please check that out. Okay, let's get right into it with a recap of all that went down in Pac-12 hoops over the past week. I'll go really, really quick here. UCLA and Arizona went a combined 3-0 and against top 25 teams over the past week, elevating them to number 13 and number 5 in the AP poll, respectively. Oregon State, UW, Oregon, and Colorado all went undefeated in their bye games. So did ASU, and ASU, as a result of their winning ways over the past couple weeks, they are now ranked in the AP poll. They come in at number 25. Utah lost a tough one to BYU and Provo. Wazoo lost a super, super close game to number 12 Baylor in Waco despite their injuries. Stanford lost by 10 to Texas and Austin, while Cal continued their losing ways, dropping a game to Santa Clara by 9 in Santa Clara. All right, well, that was everything that happened across all of Pac-12 basketball. Let's start with uh, UCLA, Arizona. UCLA Beat the fucking shit out of Maryland Wednesday, December 14th in College Park, Maryland. Not a close game at all. That one was over by halftime. Uh, And they followed that up with a tough, gritty, controlled win over Kentucky as part of the CBS Sports Classic in the Madison Square Garden. Meanwhile, in Tucson, Arizona beat a top 10 Tennessee team at the McHale Center in a... I think it was a wildly entertaining game, uh, really wildly entertaining back and forth with the Vols. So three big games for the Pac-12 at the top, and UCLA and Arizona go 3-0. They are the only teams in the Pac-12 ranked in the top 15. So after these three games, Greg, I'm curious to hear from you. Who had the most impressive week, UCLA or Arizona? 
This is a tough one because I think it was a <clears throat> very impressive week for both of them. But I'm going to go with UCLA because uh, they beat two top 25 teams. And uh, we weren't sure they could do that. I think me and you both picked them to go 0-2, uh, which did not happen, of course. They went 2-0. Uh, and it's a it's a nice consistency to see them do it twice and to see them do it fairly comfortably. Uh that was really good to see, and it raised my opinion of them more than Arizona's win over Tennessee. That being said, Arizona's win over Tennessee was also very impressive, and it raised my opinion of Arizona too. I think both of these teams legitimately are better than I thought they were two weeks ago. So this is, this is very encouraging to see. What about you, Grapes? Did you get to watch any of these three games? Do you have any impressions? I did watch the Arizona game, and that was a lot of fun. I think basketball games are just more fun in the McHale Center. Even when you're watching on TV, you can see the energy, and that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I would love to attend an Arizona basketball game. Um, But I think for similar reasons to Greg, I'm more impressed by UCLA this week just because I think I had more concerns about UCLA. There was like more moments in the season thus far where I was like, okay, maybe UCLA is not as good as I thought they could be. But I feel like this week they really proved me wrong. I didn't think they were going to win both these games. And they, I mean, they're fairly convincing wins. I don't think it should have gone the other way. So at this rate, my opinion on UCLA has improved a lot because of this last week. Yeah, UCLA did themselves a lot of favors this week. They, um, They have beaten the hell out of some pretty bad teams. Like they have... They, they've gotten to the point now where they're really consistently beating uh, uh, lesser sort of by games pretty comfortably um, without much trouble. I, I think that is something that's new this year. Last year, even the year before that, UCLA struggled, played, played around a little bit too much with its food, struggled a little bit against some of these lesser teams, slept walk a little bit. They're doing that consistently, but the question was, could they do it against like really, really good teams, like top 25 level teams? And they did. Uh, they be, That game against Maryland was really over at halftime. That was nothing that was a, a blowout, an insane blowout. Uh, it was a, a really big game from, uh, frankly, Ad- Adembona had a really good breakout game. Uh, that was a really encouraging to see him. Jalen Clark uh, quickly becoming one of the three best players in the Pac-12, five, something mm-hmm. like that. He's in conversation, I think, for Pac-12 Player of the Year. Jaime Jaquez has had uh, a really insane stretch. Has, has looks awesome offensively. Yeah, I think I'm uh, I'm a little bit more impressed with UCLA. I think uh, uh, I, I don't know what to think of Maryland because I watched them once and they got their asses absolutely beat in a totally non competitive game. Don't know what to think about Kentucky. I was a little bit worried about Kentucky considering uh, everyone was talking about Oscar Chibwe and uh, UCLA. I wouldn't say neutralized him. He was certainly a factor, but they limited him despite the fact Mm -hmm. that UCLA doesn't really have many bigs. So um, I'm a little more impressed with uh, UCLA. Uh, Any other thoughts about UCLA, Arizona? I'm just, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for both of these teams, which I don't really, I I really wasn't two weeks ago. Uh, I was a little worried, but this was great to see. Yeah. To Avery's point, McHale Center looked insane. That was mm-hmm. one of the most intense environments at McHale Center that we've seen 
all season for sure, and definitely at least since the last time UCLA and Arizona played in the McHale Center last season. Um, that that was an insane environment. Also, just like a <laughs> like a very intense game with a lot of antics and a lot of uh, drama, like everything from like the back and forth on the court to like. Arizona or Tennessee had a guy who like played at Arizona state and he was like pretty good. Uh, and this game against Tennessee was very important for them. And he was like, he became like public enemy number one in Tucson. What's his name? Let's see if I can remember his name. Uh, was it, uh, Zakai Ziegler, Euros Paf, uh, Plavsic? I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of those guys who just like was, uh, pumping up the crowd. They were booing the shit out of him. He was getting in guys faces. He was, all over the place. Uh, at one point, Kirk Carissa had a moment where he's like walking across the floor while he's on the bench and he gets a technical foul. Uh, at the end of this game, in sort of the, the, what do you call it, the handshake line or whatever, like uh, someone trips over, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Courtney Ramey it might have been or was it I Cedric Henderson? I, I can't that. remember which. And then, uh, you know, uh, he's getting in the face of another Tennessee player and Kirk Reese is right there cheering it all on. Like a bunch of crazy shit happened in this game, like throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, but Arizona pulled it out. Oh, really, really fun environment. Really fun game. Uh, you're right, Grapes. I like really want to see a game at the McHale Center. I think that would be so, so fun, especially for a big game. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll have to get out for the, uh, for the, one of the UCLA Arizona games one of these days. Um, now these two teams are on a collision course. Uh, they are just like last year, right? Where it was like UCLA and Arizona were winning, 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 uh, and had some really big games underneath them and looked like the two best teams in the Pac-12 very clearly. Same thing happening this year. Uh, and and again, they're going to be talked about in relation to one another all season long, the metrics really, really like uh, UCLA. Uh, the net has UCLA as a top five team. Ken Palm has a UCLA at number three. Um, Arizona somewhere in the top ten. A people though they like uh, Arizona over UCLA. They have Arizona at number five. UCLA is number thirteen at this point. I'm curious to hear from y'all. Like right now, if they played on a neutral site, who would you pick? Would you pick uh, UCLA to win or Arizona? Grapes, what do you think? I'd probably pick Arizona to win. I feel like I just uh, maybe I just have trust issues, but I still like I feel I feel like I still have questions about UCLA, not in a negative way. Just compared to Arizona, I feel more confident in Arizona. But it would be a fun game, and I would like to see it. Yeah, we're getting it soon, Greg. What about you? If you had to pick right now between UCLA and Arizona on a neutral site, who are you picking? I am probably also taking Arizona. Uh, it's close. And they're both very good at different things. And so it's tough to know like which one of those things will be the thing that matters more. Uh, but I'm, I ultimately land on Arizona because of the difference in bigs. And I get that UCLA was able to cope with that against Kentucky, but I'm still skeptical, uh, especially with just how well Arizona uses their bigs. It's extremely impressive. And I also just, I like Tommy Lloyd in that co- in that coaching matchup more than I like Mick Cronin. Uh, I trust Tommy Lloyd to make the right decisions in a way that I don't really trust Mick Cronin. Like Mick Cronin, he might just play the wrong players. Like it's a yeah, consistent <laughs> it's, problem. It's a problem yeah. they've had, and the lack of an offense that UCLA 
seemingly has is not a super big issue because they've got such incredible individual talent on the perimeter that their plan is just like let Jaime cook, you know, uh, and it works and it's a very effective offense. But uh, if it doesn't work, I do think UCLA is kind of screwed. Whereas I think Arizona has, uh, I don't know, I just, I trust them a little bit more than I do UCLA at this juncture. I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA ends up being the better team though. Yeah, I. Um, it's important to note that on Kempom, UCLA is favored in every single game remaining on its schedule except the Arizona game in the McHale Center. And Arizona is favored in every single game it plays except the UCLA game in Poly <laughs> Pavilion, which really sums up just how close these two teams are analytically uh, and, and even just qualitatively watching them. I, I'm very confused about this. I, I really... The best thing about these two teams is Arizona's offense, I think. They get they do the best job of getting easy shots, um, getting really good shots at the rim, um, getting good looks from their bigs, Umar Balo, Julius Tabellis. Obviously, they run that beautiful high-low action, uh, pass the ball all over the place. There's not a guy, I mean, kind of Umar Balo, just because, again, he's he's like big and he's always in the right position. But there's not like a guy who's gonna like take over a game the same way that UCLA would. But as a result, you get a lot of uh, guys contributing, and a lot of guys can hurt you. Courtney Ramey, Cedric Henderson, those guys can hurt you too. Uh, in addition to Kirk Carissa, if he can get his shot going, and Umar Balo and Julius Tabellas are gonna get their easy shots, and on and on and on. Um, I think I might side though with UCLA. I, I think their offense is like slightly behind Arizona's offense, but I think their defense is much better than Arizona's defense is this year. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that UCLA might actually have better athletes this year, which is kind of surprising because last year Arizona had the better athletes. I think that was fair to say, but this mm-hmm. year with Jalen Clark, with Amari Bailey, with Dylan Andrews, um, Adembona, right? If uh, even if he's not always effective and is learning his way into the position, um, those are really athletic guys that can stay in front of a bunch of guys that can get uh, where they need to be. They play really good team defense as well. So I I might favor UCLA. UCLA also has several shot makers, guys that are just going to be like, yeah, give it to Jaime. He's going to dribble it around for ten seconds and uh, drill some sort of like get in position to drill a 10 footer um, from the paint. So from outside the paint. So I don't know. I I might pick UCLA, but I think it's going to be tough. I think this, I think these games will be closer and more competitive even than they were last year. Arizona is a little bit worse. I think UCLA is a little bit better by this point. So we'll see. It's going to be fun. We get this game, um, the first of these, of this series, and hopefully the first of a series of three, if the two get to meet each other in the Pac-12 title game. Um, UCLA, Arizona, UCLA travels to Arizona uh, on January 21st, 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 (laughs) a Saturday. I think that game is at 11 a.m. So it's going to be a really good spot, probably on CBS or something. That'll be the first time we get to see it, um, and hopefully uh, hopefully it'll be a good one. Right now, Kempom has Arizona favored in that game by one, but we're splitting hairs. It's literally, if you look at the percentage, the percent odds that UCLA wins that game, it's literally 50%. Um, it's a toss-up. So we will, we will see. Any other thoughts about UCLA-Arizona? I think that in this matchup, Utah would beat both of them. <laughs> Utah's already Utah beat Arizona. Dismantled Arizona. I don't see why they couldn't against UCLA. 
Yeah, I mean, if the <laughs> strategy more. there is that uh, Utah needs to like, here's the thing. I think Utah uniquely uh, fucks with Arizona because Arizona, a lot of their offense is getting those easy looks at the rim, and Utah is one of the best teams in the country i think at uh limiting field goal percentage at the rim like as soon as someone gets on the interior utah has like two very big tall long guys where they're gonna throw at you to make to muck things up on the inside the thing with ucla is that most of their shots for better or for worse do not come at their rim uh Mm -hmm. the vast majority of their shots are the mid-range they play like a team from like 2005 um, they are shooting mid-range shots. And in that scenario, the calculus is a little bit different for Utah. It's like, Kebikata, if he has to guard 12 feet uh, out from the basket, it's it, it's probably not where he's best suited as a defender. Although he could certainly do that. But you'd much rather have him down there on the block mm-hmm. trying to swat things away um, really close. But interesting matchup because at the same time, UCLA doesn't really have bigs to stop Utah's bigs. And they don't really have bigs to... Um, try to get it inside the post to create easy shots for themselves. So uh, I don't know. I think it's an interesting matchup. Let's move on then to talk about Utah. Uh, Utah lost to BYU. Greg, do you want to recap this game? Yeah, this was an ugly one. It was by far Utah's worst performance of the season, including the two losses and they lost to Sam, to Sam Houston. Houston. And- <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sam Houston is genuinely a better team than BYU is, uh, yeah. and yeah. I'm not kidding. This is not a good BYU team, and the fact that Utah looked as bad as they did was extremely concerning to me. What happened in this one was Utah forgot how to play offense. They looked like a team of a bunch of average to below average players. In fact, they looked like a team of below average players and Brandon Carlson, who had never had a practice together. Uh, (laughs) and they just had no idea what they were doing on the court the entire time. Uh, There was zero offensive game plan. It was basically just have Raleigh Wooster and Brandon Carlson jack up shots, and Brandon Carlson is good, and so he made his shots. Uh, But that can't be your entire offense. It's never going to work, no matter who you're playing. And defensively, uh, they just kind of, they just missed a lot of assignments. Like, there would be times where they'd have a great, They'd be playing great defense, and then just one guy 20 seconds into the shot clock would miss a rotation layup for BYU, and that was basically where the game went. Uh, BYU did not shoot incredibly well in that game. I think they were only at, uh, I'm going to double check this, but I think they were only around like 25% from three, 29% from three. So not like dreadful, but it still wasn't especially good, and that is not the reason Utah lost. Utah lost because they couldn't play they couldn't play offense. Uh, and then BYU was able to do just enough offensively to beat them. Uh, at no point did Utah look like the better team in this gun. And so it, it's concerning to me because this is, this is the kind of loss that I expected Utah to have a few weeks ago, like frequently throughout the year, just when you don't have really any creators outside of Brandon Carlson, you're going to have issues. Uh, and it it all blew up against BYU, and I think it is going to blow up several more times throughout the year because it's not a problem that's going to go away. Grapes, did you get to catch much of this game or see the discourse around it? 
<laughs> oh, buddy, I saw I saw the discourse. Utah fans. <laughs> oh, Utah fans. Utah fans don't watch basketball. It's not really a thing for them. And But they will watch Utah basketball when they're playing BYU because they're obsessed. So it was very funny to see Twitter come alive with people that haven't seen a single Utah game this year and act like the experts. It made me laugh. But yeah, I agree. It was a really, really, really ugly game. It was super hard to watch. I'm curious how much of it was... Uh, the environment that they were in. I guess they haven't had like an experience on the road quite like that. BYU fans take basketball super seriously. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that partially uh, fucked with Utah. But again, like the environment shouldn't make you look that bad at basketball. So very yeah. concerning. Uh, kind of a bummer after such a huge win against Arizona a couple weeks ago. Like Utah genuinely seemed like they were going to ride through the new year but that didn't happen and i'm worried tough offensive performance from utah defensively though i mean they held byu to under one point per possession which is that's all you can ask her for from your Mm -hmm. um from your Mm -hmm. defense if you can hold uh another team to fewer than one points per possession you should win your games uh the problem is is that utah's offense really fell apart um Horrible uh, shooting night, four for 20 from three, uh, which I think really... that wasn't just bad shooting luck. That was taking terrible shots. Yeah, Uh, Uh, and it was probably the road of fire. I have a question. Why did Kei only play nine minutes? Was he hurt or in foul trouble or... That was really confusing to me as well because I did not think he was ever in foul trouble and I didn't notice when he got hurt if that happened. Uh, I think... I think what happened probably was uh, Craig Smith wanted to spread BYU out. Uh, that has that. That's my guess because Utah was having such a hard time scoring, and so obviously it's easier to score when you space them out. I don't know that I agree with that because BYU, their bigs are not good. Uh, they should you should be able to take advantage of those bigs, and I think Kada actually could have been a help on both ends if he'd played more. Uh, he did make some mistakes. Like there was one where he went for a emphatic block when if he had just tried to contest, he probably would have stopped the shot. Uh, and instead it became a layup because he just missed on the block. But like, I I do think that was a mistake not playing him more because that was the kind of player Utah needed. Uh, somebody who inside could be a presence because I think Utah kind of got dominated on the offensive glass in that game. Uh, mm. I'm going to double check, but Let's it see. was seven offensive rebounds, uh, to not, so seven offensive rebounds. They, they got, uh, BYU got nine offensive rebounds. So, yeah. So it wasn't domination. It's just that Utah has been so good rebounding. And so even if they're just slightly outplayed, <laughs> like even if they're yeah, slightly yeah, yeah. out rebounded, like they were in this one, it feels more jarring because it just doesn't feel like that should be happening. Uh, but yeah, I think you're really right to point out Kiba Kid is not playing very much because that was weird and I wish it hadn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. It's a, a tough, tough to see that because, uh, you're right. I mean, the analytics don't love BYU. BYU is number 90, 87 in Cam Palm. They were like 93 heading into this game. And yeah, Utah kind of blew it, um, which sucks. But they will get a really nice opportunity Wednesday, the day that this episode gets released. They get a nice opportunity against a ranked TCU team. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is in this is in Salt Lake City, but it's not at 
Uh, the Huntsman, right? Where is it at? It's at uh, Vivint Arena, where the Jazz play. Jazz. Oh, interesting. Apparently, TCU uh, in like they have a contract with some state or with some arena out in Dallas or something. Yeah, where, that's uh, where they played they have, last year. They have to play one one game there every year, so that's where Utah and TCU played their played last year. And so this one's going to be a neutral site in Salt Lake too. Uh, it's a very, very <laughs> weird arrangement that I don't understand, but okay. uh, that's why they're playing there. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's really upsetting when Utah has to play in um, the Jazz's arena because it's already kind of hard to get Utah fans to go to the Huntsman, and they do not show up when it's when it's at the Jazz yeah. arena. So that's no, no one's going to be there. That sucks. Oh, that sucks. Because it's a big test for for beat for Utah. Like they are favored to win against TCU. TCU is ranked number twenty in the AP poll. They're number forty three in Kempom. That's a pretty important game. Um, they could certainly, if they lose, if they beat TCU, I think that's going to absolve a lot of the the sins from from the from what they committed against. BYU. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if they had beaten BYU, this would be a game to get ranked. Like, oh, yes. you win this game and you're ranked. Yes. Yeah. What a missed opportunity. But hey, look, how, what were our expectations for Utah? Uh, they, did you expect them to be nine and three by this point? Probably not. Um, no, they're I nine didn't. and three. Yeah, and nine and three with yeah. a chance to beat a a top twenty team in TCU. If you go by AP poll um, and ranked, you know, right now Ken Palm has them finishing twenty and eleven. That's bubble territory. Uh, they that that would be enough to get them into a conversation for a bubble spot. So twenty one season is absolutely a massive success this yeah. year, and I don't want to act like I have super high expectations of Utah. Uh, I'm just they're going to continue to have the same problems yeah. uh, until they get a creator, and they desperately need to do it this next off season. Uh, yeah, they just for have sure. to. <laughs> For sure. All right. Uh, let's talk briefly, briefly about USC because I don't think any of us watched uh, their game against Auburn, but they beat Auburn. Uh, Auburn mm-hmm. it was ranked. Uh, they still might be. I don't know if they are. They're number 23 in Kempom. Um, they beat Auburn 74 to 71 in the Galen Center in LA. Boogie Ellis went off. He went, uh, he got 28 points off of nine for 15 shooting. Um, a really big game from two assists, two steals to go along with it. Um, carried USC in this one, and the Trojans end up beating the Tigers at home. So I did not get to watch much of this game at all. In fact, USC has kind of completely fallen off my radar after the Florida Gulf Coast loss. Mm-hmm. I did watch them against like Tennessee, and they took Tennessee to overtime, and that was somewhat impressive, I guess. Although, you know, at that time I was like, Tennessee lost to Colorado. How good can they be? Still kind of think that. Um, I, I don't know if y'all have thoughts about them. I have not paid attention to them at all, but they're nine and three. They have a signature win now against Auburn. They beat BYU, which just kicked the shit out of Utah. Now they have uh, two close losses to Tennessee and Wisconsin, and their loss to Florida Gulf Coast. Not bad. Florida Gulf Coast is uh, nine and three right now at this point in the season. So, uh, is it time to pay attention to USC? Maybe. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, okay. Which is unfortunate because I was kind of ready to be done with them. After the Florida Gulf Coast <laughs> loss, I was like, I came into the season not expecting much from them, and that happened, and I was like, all right, I was right. We don't have to pay attention <laughs> to them at all. Uh, looks like I may have been a little bit wrong. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Boogie Ellis playing like that is super impressive, especially the way he did it, it, it looks like. I don't know if you saw some of the highlights, but uh, the way like he got to the line in that one is is uh, super important. Shit, night. Yeah, <laughs> he went eight of ten uh, from the line. Very impressive because USC got outshot in that game, and yeah. uh, when you can win while you're getting outshot, it's always like. <laughs> It's always impressive, especially against a team that is good, like Auburn is, and it's well-coached, like Auburn is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, very impressive from them, and I think I think they have a better argument for being the third-best team than Utah does uh, at this point, yeah. although I don't think the answer to third-best team is either of them at this juncture. We'll, we'll get to that, I think. I personally have spent way too much time paying attention to USC football. So I will be retaliating <laughs> by not paying attention to USC basketball until the last possible moment. Yeah. Nice. Uh, fair. I, uh, especially because, you know, non-conference is so hard to pay attention to. I will say it again, non-conference in basketball, really, really hard to keep up with. Um, can't wait for not for conference season to start. And we just get, we're getting the teams that we know and we're going to watch them and it'll be fun. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I guess we have to pay attention to USC. Here's the interesting thing. There are, I'm going to try to see if I can do this quick math. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight Pac-12 teams who are higher than USC in the net rankings right now. Uh, there's actually, we can pivot here later. Pac-12 teams are are, we talked a little bit about the Pac-12 being bad to open the season. The Pac-12 might actually be really, really good. Um, it, they are, let's see where they are in Ken Palm's conference rankings. They are nipping at the Big East heels for the fourth best conference in the country at this point. Already topped the ACC. Um, they are. They have one, two, three, four, five, six. They have six teams in the top 60 in the net. Um, can you guess them? Any guesses as to who the top six are in the net? Uh, in the who are in the top sixty? Hmm. Uh, so you've got your top teams: your uh, Arizona, UCLA. Okay. Yes. Uh, then ASU, Arizona State, Arizona State. Yeah. They are twenty three. Utah, Utah, USC. Utah is thirty one. USC well, is not in the top sixty. Uh-huh. Uh, Oregon. Oregon is, yeah, Oregon is 56. There's one more. Colorado. Colorado. Colorado's 49. So I don't know. We might, this might be a, it's going to be at minimum a three bid league. It might be a five bid league. I, it's not out of the question at all for, for the Pac 12 to get five tournament bids this year at this point. With the way things are shaping up, if, if USC starts making more noise, uh, if Washington State gets healthier, they're kind of, they they're sort of within striking distance still. Oregon is going to be within striking distance. Colorado shockingly in in striking distance and they look pretty good sometimes. Like they 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 have some dumb losses but they've got some really great wins. Utah yeah, Tennessee win. Yeah, Utah probably a a lock right now if the season a ended lock today. For what? For the tournament, they'd be a lock. Oh, t- if if the season ended today. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If the season ended today, they're a lock. They're in. Um 
Now, obviously, they got to play out a full season. ASU, also a lock, like, and UCLA and Arizona. You have four locks right now, and you've got three bubble teams. So, Pac-12, I don't know. We talked shit about the Pac-12 early on. We thought it was a bad league. Actually, a pretty good league now that we've had the non-conference schedule, almost all of it, in our under our belt. I think we're allowed to talk shit, but if I see anyone who's like not a Pac-12 <laughs> fan talking shit, yes. I will yeah. ratio your ass. <laughs> Only Amen. we get to talk shit. Only right. we do, yes. Uh, so let's talk about that question that Greg brought up. Third best team in the Pac-12. We know it's UCLA and Arizona at the top. I think we all agree there. Who is it? Is it an, is it uh, USC? Is it Utah? Is it Arizona State? Is it someone else that you think is sitting in the middle to the bottom of the rankings right now that that you think is going to surge and become the third best team? It's got to be ASU. Yeah, I yeah. have to uh, choke it out. But <laughs> <laughs> unfortunate, uh, Reed may have been correct. Uh, uh, that's yeah. Saw that coming. <laughs> Although he was talking about Marcus Bagley as being a factor there. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. We don't he have was. to give him too much credit, but uh, he's not even ASU. giving himself that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ASU at the top of the standings in the Pac-12 right now. Uh, a great record haven't lost since the texas southern game and that is a terrible loss a bad loss <laughs> maybe the worst loss, loss the conference has okay well hold on cal um, okay cal, every single one of cal's oh, yeah, losses cal has a lot of bad losses <laughs> that's a good point if anybody in the conference loses to cal that'll be the worst that loss would the conference immediately has. become the worst lo- yes um but uh yeah, ASU's just been very impressive, and as uh, I believe Joey said, uh, they don't really have an offense, but <laughs> it just works. It <laughs> really does. That's how it works. Utah, yeah. I think, is similar in that way, except <laughs> I don't think it just works. So uh, yeah. that's why they get the edge. <laughs> You've got these I, teams. Go ahead, Grapes. I'm going to put it this way. I, as angry as I am that I think ASU is the third best team at this time, the Bobby Hurley meltdown, when this comes crashing down to reality, <laughs> will be so, 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 so sweet. I'm on Bobby Hurley uh, crying, meltdown watch. screaming meltdown watch. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. They are beating the shit out of some pretty bad teams. They're like been on a roll ever since that Texas Southern loss. I mean, it's like they beat like a respectable VCU team, beat the shit out of a decent Michigan team, uh, beat the shit out of Grambling State, beat the shit out of Alcorn State, narrow wins against Colorado and Stanford. Those are conference opponents, though. Uh, beat the shit out of a, of a pretty bad SMU team, beat Creighton. Uh, that's a top 35 Creighton team per Ken Palm and beat the shit out of San Diego. I don't know. Like that's um uh they've been shockingly impressive. I the, the Arizona State like they've got a really balanced roster. Like uh they have bigs. They have Warren Washington as a big uh as a really important player for him. They've got wings and scores in the Cambridge brothers, mainly Devin Cambridge. They've got a, a really good point guard, like an electric, like Frankie Collins. If you haven't watched much Arizona State, Frankie Collins is electric. He is so much fun to watch. 
Uh, so I, 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 they've got the pieces there. They've been playing great defense. It's just a matter of, I guess, if they continue to be bought in. Um, if they're bought in, they'll be fine. They'll be pretty good. They're they're number nineteen in defensive efficiency per Ken Palm in uh, Ken Palm's adjusted efficiency metric, um, and that's enough to carry them. Right? They are. Uh, they've done an incredible job defensively. Uh, and they're also like as as much as they don't really have an offensive scheme as much as they're doing the Bobby Hurley ball shit um they kind of share the ball like they they don't really have much of the selfishness and the ego that they have before I think Joey is right on that uh they're not mm-hmm. uh they're not blowing any way in term anyone away in terms of their uh, uh their assist rate actually I say that they're number 29 in the country in assist rate uh per field goals made so they are distributing the ball to one another and getting each other good shots we'll see i'm really curious to see what arizona state does uh they their first big test comes very soon uh they get a nice uh maybe a nice win san francisco is actually apparently pretty respectable so that'll be a a test for them uh and that'll be in san francisco but uh december 31st new year's eve they get arizona uh in temp into in tempe so that'll be a really fun, interesting game. I think I'm very curious to see if Arizona State fans come out for that. I hope they do. I hope that's a good mm. environment. New Year's Eve is kind of a shitty time to play a basketball game because there's also a bunch of college football going on. It's obviously New Year's Eve. I hope there's a good crowd for that because that's going to be a fun game. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, Arizona State is probably my pick. I don't want to discount Utah. They just lost, so I'm not going to like pick them. But, you know, we have this, like, triumvirate of three teams that have really great defenses and offenses that are just like, yeah, just have a bunch of guys go score. That's UCLA, Arizona State, and Utah. Um, And, you know, you can kind of rank them in that order depending on how many shot makers they have. Um, So, anyway, good stuff. That is, uh, that's our recap. Any other things that you want to highlight from the Pac-12? Any, uh, are we still on Cal... Owen, how many games are, does Cal play? Like 30 games? Owen, 30 watch for Cal? Yeah, it's going to be impressive. Yeah. <laughs> how many gonna, losses do they have? 12? The, They're 12 they have 12 right They're now, right? 0-12. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Insane shit. Yeah. Uh, they did what Colorado couldn't do. <laughs> Cowards, Cal. And of course, it's Cal, the team that they lost to in football. What yeah. a terrible, what a terrible year. I feel like every year is a terrible year to be a Cal fan, actually, but... This one's like the last time it was a good year. <laughs> yeah, this one is bad. Um, they their next game is actually Wednesday, December twenty first. When this episode drops, uh, they're favored to win in this one per Ken Palm. So if they Are, they UT lose Arlington this or something. Yeah, yeah, te- yeah. UT Arlington. If they lose this game, it's a long stretch before they're favored again. A real it's Utah, Colorado, Stanford, Wazoo, UW, Oregon. They are favored. They are underdogs by a lot in each of those games. I will be rooting for a Cal loss because I think it would be fun. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm rooting uh, for Owen 30 Cal at this point. Uh, at what point do you as a Cal fan, like in general, any Cal fan, at what point do you just pick a new team and pretend like none of the Cal fandom ever happened for you? Well, yeah, and I just bet Cal fans could just lurk get into a the darkness. Degree. If, if you had to pick, if you had to pick, you're, you're a Cal fan. You're like, look, 
my football team has been dog shit for a very long time. My basketball team has been dog shit for a very long time. I've got no hope. I'm ready to jump the ship. I want to go to a Pac-12 team, and you want to make sure and you and you got to pick, right? You had to you had to pick which team you wanted to go to that had a good or maybe not even good football or good basketball, but just a different one based on their football and basketball teams. Who who in the Pac-12 would you would you pick? Who would you jump ship to? Who would you recommend That's they hard, go to? If you want, if you don't care about being called like a bandwagon fan, I feel like yeah. you can't go wrong with picking USC. Even oh, if USC doesn't okay. do great in the Big Ten, like they got the history, blah 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 blah. I don't what think about Cal basketball fans though. Would ever do that. But listen, I think Cal fans should become Colorado fans because Cal- Colorado is exciting and new. Deion Sanders, super exciting. Tad mm. Boyle's always fine. Um, and Colorado is bad enough that even with the exciting hire and everything going on, if you bandwagon to Colorado, no one's going to no, get nobody, mad at you yeah. and call you a bandwagoner. <laughs> get it on the ground it's floor. Like they were so bad. So I think Colorado is a very safe choice, and their fans seem very friendly, and I think they would accept you into the fold. Greg, what That's about a you? Great point. Uh, I was I was having trouble because I was thinking like Cal fans maybe should get like a master's degree somewhere else because that seems like something <laughs> they do uh, and then they could say they're alums of that school uh, but the problem is the only schools that are good enough for them to even consider are schools they hate <laughs> like they wouldn't they would never root for Stanford uh, they hate UCLA yeah and they, they hate, hate USC. USC too yeah so like I feel like I feel like Utah could be a a safe bet. I I don't recommend anyone become a Utah fan, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think but, Utah probably would be something the Cal fans would enjoy. Yeah, like mm-hmm. see what happens when when a Justin Wilcox type hire works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I'm like trying to run down the list. It's like I was thinking about Arizona. It's like their football team. You're still kind of in the ground floor ish, but you see some positive signs like that might be okay. And there, but the problem is, is that you're going to get called out for bandwagoning for their basketball team. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So they're and a I little like too successful. Arizona basketball fans definitely feel like they wouldn't welcome you in. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think yeah, they, they, would, they would reject you. <laughs> yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. Arizona basketball. It's so funny. They're like, assholes. Yeah, they are. I love it. Uh, I. Th- it's funny with Arizona Arizona fandom. It's like Arizona football fans, they're just quiet. Like, it doesn't matter how mm-hmm. good they are. Like, but when basketball season starts, buddy, rev up the engines. They are crazy <laughs> yeah. I can't on Twitter. I blame them because they're loud if, and they are angry. If I was an Arizona <laughs> fan, I would probably be an asshole about basketball too because, like, they've earned the right, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, but as someone who actively cheers for Arizona football all the fucking time, like, I'm practically one of you. Don't be mean to me. <laughs> Arizona Arizona basketball has like all of the uh the uh I don't know the the vitriol of like being kind of insecure but like with a lot of history. It's like it's mm. like if Utah fans had rooted for USC their whole life. Like that's what Arizona basketball fans are like. Like <laughs> you kind of fans, insecure but with the success and all, of USC and always offended but like they have a rich history and they're kind of a fringe blue blood in basketball. Like, it's really weird. Like, UCLA fans are, like, arrogant. They're like, yeah, we're UCLA, we're a blue blood. We don't care about you. You're dumb, blah, 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 blah. And they're, if they ever get aggrieved, it's like, oh, yeah, well, Seth Davis, wish he went to UCLA. Like, that's a, that's you know, that's a whole thing. Arizona basketball fans are not like that at all. They're a lot like Utah fans in terms of their insecurity, but, like, they're Oregon know. fans. 
Yeah, Oregon <laughs> football fans is a great comparison. <laughs> Except Oregon football has not had a long history. So, like, I kind of understand the insecurity comes from, like, the fact that before 1994 or whatever the fuck, they were, like, you know, nothing. They were Cal. They were Colorado or something. Yeah, they're they don't have any tradition. Like, that's their whole thing is, like, a complete lack of tradition. Yet that makes them extremely insecure. But at the same time, that's, like, the hallmark of the program is that or even just a school that they don't have tradition they like defy the idea of tradition so it's it's very funny yeah super super funny all right well uh i think that's it in terms of our recaps that's time it's time for us to make some game predictions Did we did we do a Wooden's Weekly Winners this week? Oh yes, yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> and it was a good week for me. Uh, me and Rumblin' Buffalo, I believe, tied for first this week with nine out of twelve picks correct. Uh, Rumblin' Buffalo is still in the lead with seventy three percent on the year. My God. It. Uh, yeah. Good for I'm him. I'm like 10% behind him. There are a few people in between us. Let's see. Uh, I definitely have forgotten a couple weeks, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happens. Uh, I we post got, him, and I've almost forgotten a few weeks. We've got to so, get like, him get on it. as a, for a guest spot, by the way. He's like. We really do. He, yeah, he we knows should, ball. We should ask him about Colorado and ask him what, what he's doing with these picks, because this is incredible. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should we should absolutely have him on. Uh, we'll we'll be. But yeah, I just posted uh, this week's what's it called? Wooden's weekly winners just got posted. So everybody, go fill that out. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and we will shout you out if you manage to beat Rumble and Buffalo. Now it's on our Patreon, but it's free. You don't have to. It is right? free. Yeah, just click right. on it. Yeah, you, you, it looks it like you need to pay, to but you don't. Just click on it. Click on it to participate in our Wooden's weekly winners and. Uh, Yes. Yeah, we'll, well, we'll get you on. All right, I've got two games for us here to pick from. Uh, it's going to be a pretty light week because I think as soon as like like December 23rd, it's like we get a long, long break until New Year's Eve. So um, so we've only got two games really for us to really pay attention to, a bunch of buy games aside from that. Uh, first up, Auburn travels to Seattle to play UW in Heckad. Auburn are four and a half point favorites. By the way, UW, a very quiet nine and three. Maybe not a very good nine and three, but they are nine and three. Um, anyway, Auburn is traveling to Seattle to play UW and Heckad. Auburn, four and a half point favorites. Greg, who wins, who covers? I think Auburn bounces back this week. I have not been a UW believer, but, you know, maybe maybe they prove me wrong, but I think Auburn wins and covers. Grapes, what about you? Yeah, I feel like UW has been a very unconvincing nine and three. That's probably mm. why they seem so quiet. Is nothing they've done has convinced me of anything. So I also am going to pick Auburn to win and cover. Yeah, we're not really talking about UW at all, and it's mostly because they're like kind of skating by these bad teams and losing to the good ones. So. They lost to Oregon State also, uh, not a great mm-hmm. loss. They lost to Cal Baptist. They nearly lost to Cal Poly. So, yeah, they're not a good team. Yeah, I'll say, kind of surprised. Four and a half, point, four and a half points feels kind of small, actually. I, I don't know. Yeah. It makes me, makes me feel weird. It is a road game. So, yeah, I'm, give, me Auburn, give me Auburn to win and cover. Uh, all right, next up, number 20. We talked about this. Number 20, TCU travels to Salt Lake City 
to play Utah. This is a rematch from last year where TCU, I think, controlled much of that game against Utah. Utah's competitive. But yeah. it, was, it was completely controlled Utah by... Utah was kind of in it, but... Yeah. It was not, like not... Utah was in it in the same way they were in this BYU game, honestly. It was like yeah. they had a chance mm-hmm. to win, but TCU was clearly the better team. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Vegas has this one as a straight-up pick So, Grapes, who do you think wins in Vivint Smart Home Arena? I will pick Utah to win. I don't think I should be confident in Utah at all, but for some reason there's like a nagging energy in the back of my mind telling me to trust Greg Smith, so I will trust Greg Smith. And hopefully Utah wins. I think that would be very big for them. They might even end up ranked if they beat this TCU team. That would be very cool. Greg, what do you think? Um, It's tough. I'm looking at TCU stats, and now I'm what is is Mike Miles Jr. injured? Because that's a big deal. Ooh, uh, uh, truck stop, Greg. What, how would I know that? Well, how, how, why would you think he's injured? I think Greg's talking to himself. I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking at the TCU stats, right? And it says uh-huh. their team leader for points per game is ten points per game. Miles, Mike Miles Jr. has 17.7 points per game, so I don't know what's going on there. If he plays, I think TCU wins and controls the game. Why, just why like do they you did play? I don't year. understand why you think he's injured. Because the ESPN app is not showing him. <laughs> okay, all right. Very weird. Anyway, if he plays, I think <laughs> TCU wins and wins comfortably. Uh, but if he doesn't play, give me Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Like how we're just assuming he's hurt. I have no fucking clue. I guess if their best players are, uh, no, give me, give me Utah. I think they're gonna pull it off. Are either of y'all uh, going to these games? These, uh, this one's in your backyards. Grapes, are you going if to? This uh, one Heck was Ed at the Huntsman watch? Center. I'd go. Okay, Grapes, are you gonna go to Heck Ed? Are you gonna travel no. a million hours to go watch Utah play Auburn? Absolutely, will not be doing that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Anyway, okay. Glad we got our picks in. Oh, wait, I didn't pick. Uh, yeah, no, I did. Yes, I did. I uh, picked Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will see. All right. That's it. That's all we have. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, uh, we've got our Patreon content up at notruckstops.com. Uh, Reed and I are going to talk about our coaching grades. That'll post up soon. Matt and Reed are doing some football episodes. We'll probably, I think they should invite us. Why don't they invite us to their football episodes? I don't want to do them right now because I'm kind of burnt out, but uh <laughs> I, I, maybe maybe some of you know why they yeah. won't invite us, it's, it's Carlos. The you know the reason. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Point. That the two straight white men interesting. have decided to do their mm. own segment without the rest of us. And no mm-hmm. invites, nothing. Not even, they didn't even invite Greg. Suspicious. Didn't even invite me. Uh, I don't. That's insane. I don't fit in with them. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> Crazy shit. <laughs> anyway, go check that out at notruckstops.com. Okay. That's Grapes. That's Greg. I'm Carlos. Thank you all very much for listening. And remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Cal is a truck stop. The crowd falls in. The coffee's kicking in my patience. So everything said I'm lonelier than a single sex on a quiet city street. Things aren't always green on the sunny side of the street. Sun don't shine, body weather suits me fine. Pour another best wine.